0: with me to the book of Jeremiah, Jeremiah chapter 18. And while you're turning there, I want to pose a question to you. What changes after you are baptized? What changes after you become a member of the Lord's body? Well, the immediate answer is, well, my sins are forgiven. Well, yes, but what changes other than that? You come out of the waters and you still have to drive home. You still have to get ready for bed. You still have to go to work the next day or to school the next day. So what changes when you're baptized? And the answer should be to, for each and every one of us is that everything has changed. Not just my sins are forgiven, but my entire life has been changed. And the change that happens is to be a change in mindset, a change in what we think and how we view the world. And that happens through the power of God's word. So read along with me in Jeremiah chapter 18, beginning in verse 1. The word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord, Arise and go down to the potter's house, and there I will let you hear my words. So I went down to the potter's house, and there he was working at his wheel, and the vessel he was making of clay was spoiled in the potter's hand, and he reworked it into another vessel, as it seemed good to the potter to do. Then the word of the Lord came to me, O house of Israel, can I not do with you as this potter has done? declares the Lord. Behold, like the clay in the potter's hand, so are you in my hand, O house of Israel. Jeremiah here is proclaiming against Israel their idolatry. And in the middle of this, God takes a minute and says, I have complete power over you, Israel. I have the power to make you, I have the power to destroy you. And ultimately, the idea is that they would be changed into whatever vessel that the Lord desired, that the house of Israel would be his obedient children for his purpose and be changed into the desired vessel for him. But Israel squandered that gift. They refused to allow themselves to be changed. Jeremiah chapter 17, the the chapter before, verse 23, it says, Yet they did not listen, nor incline their ear, but stiffen their neck that they might not hear and receive instruction. So how does this apply to us? How does this apply to the New Testament Christian in everyday life? And the simple answer is, is that God's word should be molding each and every one of our lives. The word of God should be impacting us to where it's changing our hearts, our minds, our attitudes, and we should ultimately be becoming more like Christ. And so that's a few things that I want to look at this morning. The first of them being is that with pottery, it either submits or it's thrown away. When you think about pottery, if you've ever taken a pottery class in high school or in college or whatever class you may have taken, but any art class, you'll learn that you have the wheel, you have the tools, but ultimately you have the clay and you expect that clay to be moldable to be able to be moved and molded into whatever shape you desire. And ultimately, that's what God expects of us. I'm, For me, in my art class, I would make something and it would come out looking like some sort of disfigured Mr. Potato Head. But God is the perfect artist. And if we allow him to, we can become his perfect vessels, his perfect masterpiece as Christians as people who follow after his will. But ultimately, each and every one of us has a choice to make. We're either going to be one of two kinds of material. Either we are going to be that material that God asks of us, that we be moldable and changeable into whatever shape he desires, or we're going to be a stiff material, one that will not bend and will not shape. And those types of materials are thrown away, Look back in Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 27. But if you do not listen to me to keep the Sabbath day holy and not to bear a burden by entering the gates of Jerusalem or on the Sabbath day, then I will kindle a fire in its gates and it shall devour the places of Jerusalem and shall not be quenched. The nation of Israel was stiff and uncircumcised in hearts as as I've already mentioned in Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 23. But how many of us are stiff-necked? How many of us are uncircumcised in heart? I hope the answer would be none of us. But the fact remains that people in the world and people that we know are. They are stiff-necked. They are hard-hearted to the message of the word of God. And ultimately, the only way for them to be saved is if they change themselves into being that good clay, the clay that will be molded. Ultimately, God has given us, given each and every person, the availability of his word. And yet some people, even having the availability of his word, will never open a Bible, will never allow God to impact their lives in any way. And ultimately, those people will be lost. But then we have those that are willing to submit to the potter. We talked a little bit about The ones that won't submit but what about those that will submit ultimately each and every single one of us here tonight and each and every person outside of this congregation is under the rule of the one god in the book of jeremiah he's saying this and he speaks specifically of israel that israel is in his hand and he can do with them as he wills but in saying that same phrase he also means that the entire world is in his hands. Everything that is or was is in his hand, and that goes down to each and every individual person. Each and every one of us is within the power of God. And we are only saved through our obedience to that, through being the good soil, through being the good clay that can be molded. So that leaves a question as to what shape Is that supposed to take? And ultimately, that shape is the shape of Jesus Christ, the shape of his son, who he sent to die on the cross for our sins. Our lives should be continually becoming more like that. And that comes down to our second point, which is that the potter is the one who shapes the clay. The potter is the one who shapes the clay. God, as I said, is our creator. He's our master. He holds each and every one of our lives within his very hands. And he made us in his image. And through him, we have our very lives. Acts chapter 17, verse 27 and 28. Paul, speak, speaking to those on the, in Athens, says in Acts chapter 17, verse number 27 and 28, He says, if I can find it, that they should seek God and perhaps feel their way toward him and find him. Yet he is actually not far from each one of us. For in him we live and move and have our very being. Even as some of your own poets have said, for we are indeed his offspring. Each and every one of us is made in the image of God and through him we have our lives. We're told in Matthew chapter 6 verse 31 through 33 that we should not worry about what is to come. We should not worry about tomorrow. God knows that we have need of food. He knows we have need of clothes. He knows the th- things that are necessary, and he provides those. And in that same Sermon on the Mount, Jesus says that God makes his reign to fall on the just and on the unjust. God holds our lives. He holds our property, the things that we have in this life to continue on. And ultimately, only through him do we have salvation jesus said in john chapter 14 verse 6 i am the way the truth and the life no one comes to the father except through me how can we begin to be changed into the image of christ be changed by our creator if we don't first come to him if we're not first there with the potter we cannot begin to be changed We are told that we will be transformed into the image of his son. Look with me in Romans chapter 8, verse 28 through 31. Romans chapter 8, verse 28 through 31. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to his purpose, for those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those whom he predestined, he also called. And those whom he called, he also justified. And to those whom he justified, he also glorified. God has predestined those that would follow him to become conformed into the image of Christ, into the image of his son. And when we allow him to transform our lives, we will see a change in the way we think, in the way we act, We'll see an increase in a change in our minds. Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. He will mold our attitudes. We're told in Matthew chapter 5, verse 43 through 45, where Jesus taught, don't hate your enemies. Don't do these things that you were, grew up knowing to do, where you retaliated for the smallest thing, where you looked out only for yourself. He ch- tried to change their mindset and ultimately to change their hearts. And these changes that God makes to us, these changes that if we allow to implement in us, God to implement in us, will definitely change the way we act. This change in our heart, our mind, and our attitude will come out in the way we act. We'll show more love and compassion. First John chapter 4, verse 7 through 10. John tells us that God is love, and he who knows God, who he who loves, knows God. For God is love. And ultimately, he also tells us that we will show forgiveness and mercy. Matthew chapter 18, verse 21 through 35. Jesus talking to Peter, when Peter asked, Lord, how many times will I forgive my brothers? up to seven times? And Jesus said, no, up to 70 times seven. And there he tells the parable of the unforgiving servant. But ultimately, these changes that Jesus Christ will make in our hearts and our minds will lead us to do something that we should all be striving to do, and that is to tell others about the gospel of Christ. We have this great salvation. We have this great grace and mercy, and yet If we love others, and if we truly want to show them forgiveness and mercy, we're going to bring that same love of Jesus Christ to them. We're not going to be ashamed, and we're not going to worry about it. Romans chapter 1, verse 16, Paul says, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to all that believe, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. I remember a time, certainly in high school, where I was scared to mention my faith. I was scared to tell someone about Jesus Christ, not because I was necessarily ashamed of it, but because I was scared that I wouldn't get a response. I was scared that I'd run off a friend. And while I was in a certain way ashamed, that's something that we cannot afford if we're truly being transformed into the image of Christ. We have to be bold in our proclamation to others that Jesus has the power to save. The words here have the power to save us. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 and 17, for all scripture is given by inspiration or breathed out by God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be thoroughly furnished unto all good works. The Bible that... We hold, this book has the power, has the ability to bring each and every person on this earth earth, salvation. It holds that power because it is the word of God and it is profitable for us to read it. And so if we love others and we truly are being changed into the image of God, we'll share that with everyone we can. And ultimately, I want to bring us back to this illustration of the pottery. If we are the good, good clay and we are being transformed into the image of Christ, then once the vessel has been made in pottery, you put it in a kiln and you heat it and you dry it until it's hardened and it's ready for use. Ultimately, that happens as Christians as well. Each and every one of us is going to face struggles and trials Jesus said in John chapter 15, verse 18 through 20, that the world will hate us because it hated him also. John chapter 15, verse 18 through 20. Jesus said, if the world hates you, know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love you as its own. But because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Jesus said that you're going to face struggles. You're going to face trials and temptations. And while we today in the United States of America don't face the same threat that the first century Christians had to deal with, with the scourgings and the being persecuted to the point of death, we certainly still face trials when we are truly being children of God. We face that ostracization by others. We face times where we won't be necessarily welcomed with other people that aren't members of the body of Christ. We'll face some trying times as Christians, but ultimate, but certainly the trials and temptations that we face and that we see will strengthen our faith, will give us a greater endurance in that faith. Jesus says in Luke chapter 9 verse 23, if any man desires to follow after me, let him deny himself, pick up his cross daily, and follow me. We have a burden to bear as Christians. We have to deny ourselves. We have to choose to be more like Christ each and every day and and certainly carry that cross every single day. It's a daily struggle as Luke describes it. And we could turn back to our old ways at any time. We could turn back to the life of sin. Jesus makes a mention of something similar to that in Luke chapter chapter 9, verse 62, where he says, any man that puts his hand to the plow and looks back is not fit for the kingdom of heaven. He's talking about the old farming tools, the plows. You had a cattle, and you would hook the plow up to it, and you would grab onto the handles and push down while the cattle or the horse pulled forward, and your goal was to make your rows as straight as possible so you could fit as many crops in those lines as possible, as many crops in that field as you possibly could. But ultimately, if you're looking over your shoulder the whole time, if you're constantly looking back on your old life, how can you make a straight row? You can't going to turn and it's going to wobble and it's going to go back and forth. Peter says that the punishment for this, the punishment for one who's heard the holy commandment and has turned from it would be worse if, than if they had never heard it. Second Peter chapter 2 verse 21. And that to do that, to turn away from the commandment, is like a dog returning to eat its own vomit or a pig to its own filth. It's not something that is approved of it's not something to be looked on and say i want to go back to that we have a better life we've been changed in christ and we've begun a transformation that the power of god has started and for us to turn back is to deny that to break under the pressure of the heat to explode in the kiln and not be the vessel that God would want us to be but the great difference between pottery and our souls is that while pottery when it explodes it's done you might as well throw it in the trash god gives us chance after chance after chance to get it right we're told in 1 john chapter 1 5 through 9 john writes in 1 john chapter 1 verses five through nine. This is the message we have heard from him and proclaimed to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus his son cleanses us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I'm human and I've made my fair share of mistakes. And I'm sure each and every one of us has made our mistakes. Romans chapter 3 verse 23 tells us that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And that doesn't necessarily end at being a Christian. We're still going to face our temptations. We still might stumble But but if we continue walking in the light, and if we confess our sins to him, he will continue to mold us into the shape of Jesus Christ. He will continue to mold our hearts, minds, and attitudes to where we will be more Christ-like each and every day. And the distance between those sins and those stumbles will get shorter and shorter as the days go by. And when we reach that finish line, when we finally pass on from this life, if we continue and we hold fast to that, we'll be able to say the same thing that Paul said in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 6 through 8. For I am already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure is at hand. I've fought the good fight, I've finished the race, I kept the faith. And there is therefore laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day, and not to me only, but to all those who love his appearing. We have a hope in heaven with God, if we allow ourselves to be molded by him, if we allow ourselves to be transformed into the image of his son, and if we persevere through the trials and tribulations that we have on this earth. So the question for you tonight, the question for each and every one of us to ask ourselves is, are we allowing ourselves to be molded into the shape of Christ? If you're not a Christian this evening, then you haven't even begun to be molded. You haven't even had the opportunity to begin to change into a Christ-like figure. If you are a Christian and you are struggling with the fires of temptation, with that kilning process— that makes us stronger in our faith and gives us more endurance, then we can help you with that. If you haven't begun to be changed into the image of Christ, then we can help with that too tonight. What's holding us back from becoming more Christ-like? The only thing that will hold us back, the only thing that will keep us from reaching the goal, reaching the finish line, And becoming those true vessels for Christ is ourself. That's the only thing that can stop you in this life is yourself. So if there's anything holding you back, don't let it stop you. Don't let it keep you from obeying the gospel, from following Christ and becoming more Christ-like each and every day. If you have any needs at this time, please come while we stand and sing.